Well, hello and welcome to the Relationships Are Underrated podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Asley. And I'm your co-host, Trip Kramer. <laughs> Did you forget there for you a know, second? No, I'll be honest with you. I was just looking at a quick text from my mom, actually. <laughs> oh, Isn't that funny? Talking about kids. Isn't you're the kid. Yeah. We're talking about kids today. Yeah. What are we going to talk about when it comes to We're kids? We're going to talk about having the conversation about kids. So not okay. the raising of kids, although I know we'll talk about that. There's a lot to talk about with kids. But for this one, I want to talk about just having the conversation about wanting kids, not wanting kids, the realities. Are you willing to share... Are you willing to share what I just said to you before you hit record? <laughs> Am I willing to share what you said to me? You mean, yeah. are you willing to share what you said to me? Oh, that's right. Are you okay? Let me reframe that. Are you okay with me sharing what I just said to you? Yeah. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, when you said about having kids and I said to you, don't do it. <laughs> you said, don't do it. But then what did you say? I said, then I pause for a moment because I know you and Megan are, I, I think you're very well, you're well-suited couple that could probably make it work. <laughs> we can probably make it work. <laughs> well, kids are, you know, as a parent, and again, we're going to, we're going to talk about the conversation to have children, but speaking as someone who's had children, I went into it so naively is that a word, naively? Yeah. I went in so naive, excuse me, thinking that it was what I was supposed to do was to have children. And I had no awareness around what it took to be a parent. And certainly because I've never done it before. All I did was witness my mom and dad yelling at each other and yelling at me my whole life. Um, bump. And so I went in naive and Without And then when it happened, I wasn't prepared. I so wasn't prepared for that responsibility. And people say you automatically rise to the occasion. I don't feel like I did. I mean, I did to some degree, but not in the totality of what it takes to truly I'm be I'm going to ask you a question. This is a deep sure. one. Would you okay. take back, if you could do it all over again? All right, no, hold on. If you could do it all over again, would you have kids? Let's say you got a second chance at life. So let's just say also, to make this a little bit easier of a question for you, imagine <laughs> yeah. it's not a redo on life. So it's not like we're asking you the hypothetical of would you have had Colin or Connor, but would you, yeah. if you had a new life, have kids? So I think it's important for our audience to know something, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but really quickly, I do have two children, one who's now in his mid-20s and the other one at age 19 moved to heaven. And so I come at this in a really complex way, having lost a child. So I want to answer your question because I say this to my son now all the time. If I had it to do it over again, I wished I did a better job choosing the right partner to parent with. Because the issue wasn't the children. The issue was we weren't really the right partners for one another. And I take full responsibility for my 
unconscious, you know, behavior as a husband. It's hard to answer that question because if we weren't the right partners, it made everything else more complicated. Does Makes that make sense, sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's why when I paused, when you we talked about this before we hit record with you, I think, you know, Megan is a great partner for you. I mean, that's how I feel about the two of you. You know, of course, time will tell. Uh, and I'm sorry, I just know that from experience. So if I could go back in time, if I was with the right partner, I wouldn't even give in second thought about having children. Well, I think... I mean, I more than think. I really feel that I have the right partner to have kids with. And that's one of the reasons why I chose to get engaged to this person is that I feel like she would be a really good mom. And one of the reasons I feel that way is because she has a good relationship with her mom. And I feel that mm -hmm. one of the reasons why someone could have the potential of being a good parent if they have good relationship with their parents is because they understand what a good relationship looks like. So let's clarify something because my ex-wife is a great mom. This wasn't an issue of her being a good mom. It was really, it, it's kind of like. Yeah, it was your compatibility with her. That affected the how the children yeah. were raised. Yeah, well, it goes so without saying. Really... I feel like my compa compatibility with Megan is also really good. I guess I was kind of going on a different tangent, yeah. but well, you you looked at her to choose her as a partner from that one. That was a big perspective for you, and that was quite a bit the same for me at the time. Actually, my criteria was really simple back then. My three non negotiables <laughs> that we talk about frequently was that she came from parents she came from a good home and the irony was while we were dating her parents were getting a divorce <laughs> that actually kind of <laughs> i don't know if that was a red flag for me and it certainly I wasn't i'm saying that yeah well yeah that is funny but if, uh, yeah i think that you can still come but it was one of my non-negotiables right, it's, it's not the same i mean i think it still is okay like yeah okay so you guys were getting married while they were getting a divorce that doesn't that doesn't negate the fact that she came from a good home yeah well and well, but interesting enough, I, I want to retract the word good home. I just thought, I'll say the word stable home, because just because two people are married doesn't mean that the home is good, you know. And this kind of leads into the conversation about children, too, how they affect your life in so many different ways. So coming back to it, I listen, I love my children with all my heart, even going through the heartbreak of what I experienced losing a child. And I would never, ever, ever go back and say, I want to change that. And at the same time, what I'd love to change are two things. Oh, it's interesting. This literally popping up for me right now, Trip. A, I wished I did a better job choosing a partner that we were aligned with. And I didn't know myself back then. More importantly, I wished I knew then what I know now about what it means to be a parent. I re other, all I thought about was my job was to pay the bills. That was the only thing I thought about. The provider protector. So I why don't you even... give me advice then based on what you're saying on what you think oh. I should be doing in that sense? Is, is it, you know, in terms of, 
you're saying you wish you would have done more. So what's that missing piece that you, you would have done? And what's yeah. that advice you would give to me? Yeah. Oh, my God. Great, great. I, I love that you just even said that, my friend. It really, that's a very powerful question. So <laughs> I see you dancing over there. So number one, the importance of presence. That, but by far being present every moment you're with your child and, and really when you're with them, be there. I work really, if I could have learned to cut off the work mode, you know, an hour before I arrived home kind of thing or, or moments before I arrived home, number one is to be present for them. Number two, children are not tiny adults. Children are not tiny adults. Their brain does not even remotely have the capacity to understand things. So when a child is reaching and wants to touch fire and you're screaming the words no, as if they're, you're talking to an adult, or whenever I witness parents talking to their children as if they comprehend as an adult, that's like the biggest mistake most parents make is that these brains don't even begin to comprehend complex things until really past 16, 17, or 18 years of age. So, and what that means, number three, is actually talking to them where they're at. And where children are at is a place of curiosity, a place of play, a place of, of exploring themselves. And so, get to their level, literally physically get to their level. Like get on your hands and knees and talk to them at that level. We do this with babies because we understand babies have no comprehension. But the minute they can speak and articulate, humans oftentimes treat them as tiny adults. Can and I interject with one thing? I yeah, heard yeah, this yeah, on sure. a TikTok and I thought it was very interesting. You know how when you're okay. referencing genitalia to a child you're gonna say kind of cutesy names you know i don't i don't really know them for a vagina but for like a penis yeah i was just about to say i know it for a boy yeah, it's pee pee or, <laughs> or what's it for a girl i have no idea Google it. <laughs> oh my God. You want me to Google this? That's, that's, that's not no, a pedophile. You, then, like, a, then a cookie will track know, you. Like cute you know, names for a vagina. Oh God. Um, <laughs> and, and she. This is the problem with two boys doing a, I know. or men doing a podcast. JJ? No, that's like what. Anyway. All right. Let's move on. I want to move on. My point is, is, I heard a really good tip, which was don't use those words. When you're talking to a child, use the normal words, penis, vagina, butt, whatever. Use those words so you don't uh, so you don't train them from an early age to feel like there's shame around your sexual parts. Think about wow. it, right? Do you have another name for your arm or your foot? I mean, maybe you're being cute and you're saying your foot sees, but like you're not doing that that often, I'm guessing, yeah. with your child. But when it comes to saying the words why are there other words for the for that part of your anatomy and so they say just use the normal words so you don't train them to think any sort of shame like oh we can't say that word or that's a private part i mean it is a private part but 
Well, private parts is a way to describe it. That's both, you know, you would say that as an adult or even a child, your private parts. I'm going to take that advice. I'm not going to use those cute names for their genitalia. I'm just not. I'm just going to treat it like it's a normal part. Are you going to discuss that with Megan? I, think I though, already right? did, and she was on board for that. Anyway, okay, I don't okay. want to go so, on a tangent. I just thought I would say that. No, no, but this. Well, I think. Well, I was trying to differentiate between, and that's again, that's a kind of a statement of fact versus a complex thought to a child. And I'd say I think I gave three or four bits of advice. The fourth one would be: remember, your child watches everything and everything you do they are they are literal sponges of information so negativity between you and your partner should absolutely be in the most sacred of places so they don't witness it although i could i could make an argument that there that's part of also well i heard i heard something as well but again from tiktok that or I think it was TikTok. I don't remember. <laughs> By the way, does that make it a fact? <laughs> well, wherever I heard it I'm from, kidding. it was an interesting thought. Yeah. The thought was, yeah, when a lot of kids will see their parents fight, but they don't see them making up. Oh well, then so great point. Wow, oh, good for yeah, you, TikTok's TikTok. got some tips. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to give I'm going to give props on that one. So, yes, modeling healthy communication. And I want to take it a step further. They absorb everything. So what you can do, I so oh, I'm going to tell a story. It's going to take a minute or two for me okay. to share, okay? So, I believe my boys were around the ages of 7 and 10. Uh, by the way, I'm sharing this because this is the most important advice I'll ever give you. I actually shared this in the eulogy for Connor. So, I think they were around 6 or 9 or 7 or 10, give or take. I went to a men's workshop and it was based on American Indian culture to kind of Connect with your manhood. Anyways, I come back and I had this amazing idea with my boys, which happened at this event, not in the way I'm sharing it. So we're sitting, I, I, I said, let's sit down. Guys, sit down next to me. And we sat in basically a circle. There was three of us. So it was really more like a triangle, okay? I said, guys, whenever I make this motion, which my finger is turning, going in a circle, circular motion right now, this is called sacred circle Sacred circle, okay? And what sacred circle means is anytime we say anything to each other, any, it, we, let me reframe that. We can say whatever we want to each other when sacred circle is on, okay? So I'd say, when I make this motion, I'd say sacred circle is on. And then they would say to me, Dad, we could say whatever we want. I go, yeah, you can say whatever you want when the sacred circle is on. So they said, can we say the F word? I go, you can absolutely say the F word. So I then said, sacred circle is on. And this is what happened next trip. You'd hear, fuckity, fuckity, fuck, fuck, fuck. Fuckity, fuckity, fuck, 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 fuck. They would like literal Tourette's kids at this moment. Okay. With the F word. And then I'd say, sacred circle off. And then they'd go quiet. And I'd say, sacred circle on. And they'd start doing it. I mean, and this went on for years, the same ritual. And I would do it when we're driving in the car. Keep in mind, I was a divorced parent at this time. So 
I'd say, guys, sacred circle on. And they would just say the stupidest things. You know, when I say stupid, that's not fair. They would just say ridiculous things, typically curse words. This went on for years until my oldest turned 14. So now we're literally four years later. And you know what happened? What happened? Colin came to me and said, Dad, can you put on Sacred Circle? There's something I want to talk to you about. Whoa, okay, this is getting good. And he wanted to ask about girls, a question. And because for literally for four or five years, I built trust. This was a, a trust, not exercise, but, I, but when I did it, I had no comprehension of this. It was just an intuitive thing I did. And I've shared this story so many times, and I have women, I mean, literally in tears when I share this story, as well as guys get choked up. They're like, wow, you allowed them to, you, you created a safe environment to chat. And for years, all they did was curse until the one moment that he wanted to talk about something. And we then talked about it. And, and I, I think a few more times after that, Colin did it. And then I remembered some years later, Connor came to me and said, Dad, can we turn on Sacred Circle? And I did this. I mean, I did this till they're this practically cool. in their this late cool. teens. This is yeah. cool. Uh, one thing that I'm going to. So that's my advice to you, my to friend. Do that, one thing I'm going to just tweak a little bit is when I do it. Yeah. I want to, you know, when there are kids, oh, they're always going to be kids, but I mean, like when they're in their, I don't know. Yeah, pre-teens, pre-teens teens. or like or even like eight, nine, ten. Gr- yeah. When I school. do that, I'll say, hey, just so you know, remember, Sacred Circle is not just about blurting out funny things, but I, just so you know, if you guys ever want to use Sacred Circle to talk to me about something that is uncomfortable or something you don't you know, I don't know. I'm kind of coming up with this right now, but let them know just a couple times that they have an opportunity to use Sacred Circle for many things. It sounds like Connor and Colin kind of figured that out on their own, which is really cool. Well, I if I didn't articulate it properly when I set it up, I incorporated that. I might not have okay. articulated that in this example, but I set it up that way. And while it wasn't just implied, I, I would say, hey, is there anything you want to talk about? You know, do you need to put Sacred Circle on? Sometimes? And then they go, and they go, yeah. And they go, fuckity, fuckity, fuck, fuck, fuck. You know, like there were prompts okay, along cool. the way. And by the way, they used to shout out the window when we were driving and I gave them permission to act like actual jackasses sometimes. And I, it was a way, like, look, we're, we're human beings, you know, and rather than shaming, you know, curse words and what it also built was a bit of respect around curse words because they only they it actually taught them to only say it when sacred circle was on i didn't realize that was another byproduct and until they were 14 and then they were talking with their friends and such oh when Um, i went to when i went to overnight camp uh, that was the first time that you could just swear because any other time what happens you're with your parents or you're in school, you don't really have opportunities to swear. But yeah. when you're in camp, you're in your cabin with your friends and swearing was just the thing to do. You just <laughs> let it all loose. I wonder if it's the same for, so we're boys talking about boy things. I, I you know, since our podcast is for couples and there's certainly little girls out there too. I would encourage any parent 
to use sacred circle, whether it's boys or girls. And and I use the cursing because I knew boys tend to be the ones who curse more than girls. And again, I haven't had girls, so I don't know. I, I cannot comprehend what it'd be like to be a parent. I hope you have girls, by the way. I hope I have a boy and a girl. <laughs> yeah, I hope you get one I of would, each. I would uh, be happy with one of you. It'd be interesting to go through that experience of raising both boy and girl. Uh, okay, so I want to just zoom out a little bit. Our topic is about yeah. having the conversation with your partner. So this is about being in a relationship with somebody or maybe it's before a relationship and you don't have kids yet. So this is like the precursor to having kids and the idea of getting on the same page. So one thing, and by the way, I want to, I want to let you know the reason that this sparked, that this topic sparked in my head was from actually something that happened in my private Facebook group. So in, I have a private Facebook group. Oh, what happened? For the guys who follow Trip Advice, my dating coaching company for men. And someone, yeah. I'll just give you a very brief uh, synopsis of what he said. Basically, he's dating a woman. She has three kids. He does not have any kids. He really likes her, and she does not want kids, and he really wants kids. He started to pull away a little bit for that reason, and he met someone else that wants kids, doesn't have kids, but he still kind of thinks about that other woman that he's dating, and he's just a little conflicted on what to do. So real quick, my advice to him was, you want children. You've stated you want children. You're dating someone who already has children and doesn't want to have any more. This is not a fit for you. This is not compatible. Even though you really like her, I think that you should be going with the woman who, or any woman for that matter in the future, who wants kids just like you do. So my first tip or thought to share with our audience is you got to I really think you got to know whether or not you want kids. This is not uh, an episode, at least on my end, where I'm going to push anyone to have kids, and I never push anyone to. I don't care what people do, but what I care is you got to know what you want. And if you don't know, I'd figure it out fast. The reason why is because if you're, and this is if you're going out and you're dating and you're getting into these little relationships. Yeah. If you're like, I'm not dating right now, whatever, then it, yeah, I guess you don't really need to know on a, quick basis but if you're going out there you're going on dates you better know what you want in that arena because whether you want it or not is going to dictate where that relationship is going to go and if you're this oh i'm not sure like I, I i really i get irked when guys tell me you know i don't really know if i or women say it too like I, when i if i find the right person i'd be interested in having kids jonathan what do you think about that because I don't like that. I don't like that your decision should be based on whether or not you like the person enough. Sounds you, dangerous. Do you remember what the remember the first thing I said? If I didn't have the right partner, I I didn't choose the right partner to have children with. So remember, I was actually looking for a woman to be the mother of my children. What I wasn't looking was the right person to marry. So it actually well, starts there, right? 
Well, yes. Well, that goes without saying. Obviously, you want the right person to have it with. But the point is, is I don't think that decision should be based on whether you feel it in the moment. If oh yeah, I want to do it with this person. I just I think that's high risk. I'm not saying oh that's going to fail, but that's just so high risk. There's going into a situation where you're with someone, and you know what if all of a sudden you change your mind on that. You were already kind of on the fence. I don't think anyone should be having kids if they're on the fence. I guess that's kind of my point. Well, so here's the tricky part to this equation. And by the way, there's a significant amount of parents, or excuse me, children born to single parent environments. Um, and not that I want to get into the social and political reasons why that happens, is that a lot of men... I think have may not genuinely out of the gate really feel like they want to be fathers. I'm going to say a significant amount of men become fathers, but may not necessarily go, I really want to be a father. Okay. And some men step into the role, even if they're not wanting children, they step into the role. With that said, I think most men, and I say most, a big percent. When I say most, I mean somewhere between 30 and, you know, it could be 30 above 50, it could be. I think a lot of men, if they had their preferences, may not want to be a father. And they do it because it's been socialized and it's been drilled that's in fine. us. But I think men that's, want freedom. That's fine. Too. That's fine. Just know it. Just know it. Make a decision on it. Oh, I... That's all. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Well, it's hard because you can... You can change your mind at any given time on yeah, that one. Yeah, I understand. I mean, I'll speak anecdotally. I've always wanted kids, so I never went to the other side of not wanting that. But when I got into my early 30s up until now, I started to have more of that feeling of wanting to be a dad. So, yeah, I had more of that. I have now more of this biological urge than I did in my 20s. But I always knew that's what I wanted. You know, there was times when I was like, where I had the conversation in my head, do I really want kids? But then it's like, yeah, I, I always come back to that conclusion that I do. I understand, by the way, this is not easy. I just think it's ideal. Yeah. I'm just, you know, it's, I'm not saying, I know, you're right. People change their minds. Well, I think it depends. Yeah, and it really depends on the home you were raised in. Because I will tell you, the more dysfunctional the home, the less likely a person wants to have children. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that generally speaking. If there's a lot of trauma growing up in childhood, there is a higher percentage of chance that you may not want to be a parent. Now, I will say that also sometimes the reverse happens. Because of it, it may inspire you to become a better parent. But at the same time, this is the, the wanting of a children and then isn't our topic really about having the conversation about it with somebody? Right, so that was kind of the introduction. Now moving along to that conversation, it's important to have that conversation, obviously, in the the dating. Uh, Yeah, I mean, yes, in the the dating part, knowing if your partner wants kids and eventually wants those or doesn't want those. And then I feel that there has to be another conversation as you get closer to an engagement. So as 
you guys, I would say pre-moving in. Actually, that would be that would be the time. So you're in a relationship with someone. Good it's yeah, pre-moving good in because moving in is such a massive step in a relationship. It's good to have that conversation again, just about, hey, I just wanted to, again, I, I'm not trying to right now give the exact wording here, but just understand <laughs> it's like you got to say, hey, are we on the Are same on page the same here? Page? Or, or, or not even on the same page. I still think that's kind of aggressive. Just saying like, hey, I want to... Actually, this is very similar to what I said on the last episode. When you're asking someone to be in a relationship, it's like, hey, I just want to let you know. <laughs> Sounds so casual. Again, I'm not trying to give the exact wording. I just want to let you know. <laughs> I'm still interested in, in having kids one day, and that's something I want to do. Is that something that you're still wanting to do? And it's a, it's kind of nice because you say it in a way where it's like, why is the same page aggressive? <laughs> because I want to take it off the, are we going to, is it with me? Are you having the kids with me? It's like, you guys haven't even moved in yet. It's like, you don't need to be, do you want to okay. have it with me? And I want to set up that, that vibe of communication of, hey, I just want to learn more about you. And I want to, I want to revisit okay. a conversation and I want to tell you about what I'm thinking and what I want, and is that something that you still want? I think it's good to be able to have that conversation because to your point earlier, people do change their mind. I made a mistake yeah. in one of my last relationships so, uh, where I did not bring that up soon enough, and I brought it up so late, and the person said, yeah, I mean, I want them, but I'm really, you know, it's like something like I guess I'll be excited to do like when my friends start having kids. So as someone who is not very enthusiastic okay. about it, and it makes sense because this person did well, not have a good relationship with her parents, and I'm just... Coming back yeah, to what I said earlier. A, a conclusion so on, how, that based but, on what but, I saw, but but that was not that was not good. I don't want anyone to be okay. in that situation. So you were a little bit younger than two, so let's be clear about that. So I, I, I want to actually give you props on something <laughs> because you brought up the first is to decide if you really want to bring up the children conversation is a good conversation in the dating process. Decide if you want to move to a relationship with someone. So I really the it's interesting when you said, you know, to bring it up before moving in together. I think I always assumed it as I took it as an assumption and it's really smart to bring it up again really have clarity on it before you move in together. And then if you get engaged, have some clarity on it during that process before you get married. And again, in my generation, it was so just implied. We were just so, it was just so expected. You're supposed to have kids and you just do it. And now, because there are more options than ever before, and what I mean is there's options of whether or not you want to adopt children or other options if you not to have children, you know, because of birth control. Back in the past, oftentimes there weren't options. You had kids whether you liked it or not. I think that the main point that I want to get across on this episode as we're talking it out, and Jonathan, I wonder if you agree here, you need to be having important conversations more than once. So we talk about you got to be having the important conversations. We've already talked about on this podcast about religion. And we, I think we kind of talked about money a little bit. I think the yeah, idea is you need to have these conversations all the time. 
I mean, not in a way where it's like completely overriding the rest of the relationship like every day. I just mean once is not enough because people change attitudes, minds, people evolve, and it's not something that's necessarily static. People's opinions and ideas and goals and visions for their future is not static. It's something that's changing. I think it's one of the reasons why, you know, it's funny. I was thinking the title of our podcast, Relationships Are Underrated. I think it really is communication oftentimes is underrated. In other words, the importance of having, it, it really goes hand in hand, right? A relationship is about communication, conversations. And and it's not about, like you just said, Trip. it's not about habitual, let's talk about the relationship all day long. And at the same time, it's important to check in with oneself. What do I want? Does my partner want the same things? And are we growing together? Or are we just spending time together? Because what does happen so frequently is conversations are so are just implied. And then you find out you're on two different pages, coming back to the pages, if you will. And then you're kind of in a catch-22. Because what if now you've, you've moved in with someone, they've talked about it, and all of a sudden they change their mind. And now you're at the mercy of someone else and you know they said one thing, now they have a different position on it and you have to make a choice. And that gets really scary to go, I may have to end this relationship because we're not yeah, on the same which page. Is what, what I did, by the way. In my, oh, in my past, about- the one I was just talking about with that, with the woman that I was okay. with, that we were not on the same page, and I had to end it. In fact, I had to end an engagement over it. Was it about that particular It was about topic? a few things. I think there were a few but more But that was things. a big one. Yeah. Really? I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, it was that. a big one. Oh. And it was my, Gosh. by the way, on me, I'll take all fault I thought she that. just got mad at you for putting the toilet seat up every time. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm Wait, kidding. I got I, I got to go on a tangent here. I have something to say about the toilet seat. Okay, first of all, I mean now in in my life, with the amount of years I've spent living with women, I'm always putting the toilet seat down out of habit. Okay, yeah. And what I find funny is, if you ever leave the toilet seat up, which happens. If you're in, you know, if it's a habit, it happens like once a year, maybe, right? Not often. Yeah. I've had situations where your partner gets a little annoyed, right? They're like, you left the toilet seat up. And I think it's really funny because there's got to be some sort of terminology for this around this concept, which I'm about to say, is that they might get annoyed that you leave the toilet seat up, but they have no idea how many times you put it down. And they don't know because it's just the <laughs> default of where it's at. So I remember once, I forgot which relationship it was. And I said to them, you know, you get annoyed that I left the toilet seat up. But how often does this happen? Not often. So I get no praise for keeping it down <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of times. Anyway. All right, I just have to piggyback on this one. Has a woman ever put the toilet seat up for you? Not that I know of. 
<laughs> Same here. Why is it this one isn't? Why is it like, you know what? I know Trip is going to use the toilet next. I'm just going to put it up for him. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Why do we have to do all the work? Yeah. By the way, for the record, my son Colin, every time he comes visit me, I go in the bathroom and the toilet seat's down. I'm like, you little shit. That's not the way I operate. Like he's he's learned. I don't know. He learned it by de facto, I don't know, from his mom. But uh, he's good at Maybe that. Maybe he just so. pees sitting down. Actually, I should. Well, I don't want to ask him that question. I'll text him that. So let's come back to our topic. Although this might relate to child raising uh things to do and raising your children is the whole toilet seat conversation so that <laughs> wait till you have that wait till, by the way when you have kids wait till you have the little tiny toilet that they have that's yeah, on I've the seen ground those. <laughs> i've seen those oh man yeah so bringing it back multiple conversations are super important just to make sure you're on the same page if i had to quantify it i'm not saying every month i'm not even saying every quarter i don't know once a year you're in the relationship twice, maybe talking about this idea well, these days, and, and then, and then as time gets closer, meaning you've moved in, you're getting engaged, you guys are planning a wedding. It's like, as it gets closer to that, I would start to have even more conversations about it because there's more to discuss on that topic. It's not just about, do you still want them, but it's when do you want them? You might have someone who says, oh, I don't when, want that for five years. And that person's like, uh, the other person's like, uh, I want to have that in the next yeah. year. So now it's it's a different conversation, right? It's like maybe in the very beginning stages of your relationship, you're not necessarily, you could be, but not necessarily talking about when you want them. But as time gets closer, it makes more sense to start having that conversation of when do you want them? How many do you want because now it's not just about and the now it's not just question, about how many you know what's your opinions on how on your children and the future, but our future. Now the conversation it slowly evolves as you get more deep into the relationship. What do we want? And the third thing, or the next thing after that, is how do you raise them? Yes, and that is. That's where a lot of tension, friction happens in relationships with couples is the how. So you've crossed this hurdle. We're going to have children. Then you're like, when are we going to have children? How many children? And then the how you raise them. Oh, my God, this can be chaos. Yeah. So it's interesting because it's like that can go so deep. Any TikTok videos on this? (laughs) I'm sure there's a lot, but not at the top of my head. Uh, There's one thing that. That I, I'm not doing this purposefully as a way to talk to Megan about how I want to raise my kids, but it just just so happens that I know that when I have kids, I want to get them on eating healthy stuff. So yeah. I want them to drink healthy green smoothies. And when you make a green smoothie, it it generally tastes pretty good. It's not it's not very bitter, and if you put it on a pineapple in it, like it actually tastes really good and I can imagine a kid actually enjoying that. So I, I say to Megan yeah, all the time, bananas, I'm like, yeah, bananas. I wanna I wanna get my kids on green smoothies at an early age so it it gets it's good nutrition and it tastes good. And I always make a joke like we'll call it the green monster. So it's you know it's like it's monster blood or something cute where they're like they wanna, <laughs> you know, drink it or whatever. So 
Oh, if I could give one adv- another bit of advice to you, since you asked. Well, hold earlier. on. I just want to finish my, my point with that real quick. And, oh, go, um, go ahead. So my yeah. point is, is like, see, I'm already spewing out and, and, and telling Megan like, oh, these are some values that I have in terms of raising kids. Like I want to make sure mm. they have good nutrition and eating healthy and, and things like that. And other conversations have come around to that. Just, that's just one example I wanted to share with people in terms of what it might be like to talk about how you want to raise your kids. It's one very tiny example. I know that raising your kids goes so deep. So I love, love, love that you're contemplating the importance of healthy eating in particular because there's so much crap that children have been indoctrinated. And this is my judgment and a bit of anger that I'm speaking right now. I mean, whether it's the chicken, any anything that comes out of a box, anything that's processed. What's our line from the movie? Anything is processed or sold. The, the, the quote from Say uh, Anything. I don't want to do anything processed anything, right? or or sold or sell anything that's processed or manufactured or matri- manufacture anything that's processed or sold. I just I just want to I just <laughs> want to hang folks, out with your daughter. This is a little inside joke we have. Yeah, this little inside joke we have, and let me come back to this. Oh my gosh, because this is where my ex-wife and I had friction was I was a bit against all the processed food. And from her perspective, I need the path of least resistance because for her, it felt like it took so much time to do healthy eating. And thankfully, interesting enough, my oldest at age 14 just chose to eat healthy. I mean, he made a conscious choice and he's very regimented. But if I, as a parent, oh my gosh, now I w- there's so many little things, the little nuances I would love to go Dude, back and I was change. Eating, One I was of eating which is cookies eating. for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> What's it called? Cookie? Even cereal That's is unhealthy. cereal I was eating. Cookie crunch or something. Oh, those cookie? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, cookie. Even I and knew when last- I was a kid, I was like, this seems wrong. Like, I kind of even knew that. Last but not least, I think if I'm bringing full circle to your question, the importance of, now I'm going to use the word education, but I really mean things like playing games and doing things that are constantly stimulating their mind intellectually, particularly in the areas where most people reject, and I say reject, could be in areas of history, and really bringing it to life and even social science and other things to really at a very young age stimulate their mind in all the basics of reading, writing, arithmetic. Uh, that's old school, <laughs> saying it that way. Because while we did a fair amount, I wished we did so much more. Like I, I once read an article. Okay, I got a, st- a little segue here for a second. I remember reading in like the National Enquirer before my children were born about some servant child. And what the parents did is they put books in the crib, like, but not books like children books. They put the encyclopedia in a children's crib. They put like sophisticated books. And supposedly, I don't know, like in my mind, I, I didn't do this by the way, but in retrospect, but this child was like a prodigy at age five. Because <laughs> they put encyclopedias in the crib yes but the kid was a kid opening it and reading it i don't know what was going on but maybe through osmosis or something you know i mean all i know is rather than children's books you know like it was like 
coming back to the difference between PP and penis, right? <laughs> I don't know. Again, this was just some wild thing I read. Hey, I listen, when I was a not. kid, when I was a kid, my mom made flashcards for math, multiplication ones. It was like, you know, seven times eight and three times five and all that stuff. That had nothing to do with anything I was doing in school. I mean, I was learning math in school, but she wasn't doing it because I was doing bad in math and she wasn't doing it as part of a school regimen. She just did it. It was like one of the things yeah. that she wanted to do. I don't remember why. I think she was really into math when she was younger and she was good at it. And I was amazing at math. Now, listen, I don't know if it was because we did those. I don't know what the cause and effect was. But math was something that I excelled in. And maybe that was because my mom I, would things... prioritize numbers and and mathematics outside of schooling. Yeah, and actually teaching children accounting and actually how to manage money and stuff like that. Like, that's the stuff that should be taught. Anyway, we're going off on a tangent here because I think I, I, I'm really glad we had this conversation. In fact, it's interesting. We have lots of conversations where you're stepping into this area in your life. I have already done it. So I feel like and, and I don't profess to even remotely be the example or the role model. But I definitely want to point out where I emotionally and even intellectually, if I could do it over again, these are the things I'm sharing with you. So I love being able to pass that. Yeah, and I wanna, I wanna say, I also don't wanna overstep my boundaries and give advice or give, I mean, I maybe I have some opinions or thoughts, but give advice in the arena where I don't have any experience, for example, I don't have any experience with kids. I don't have any kids. I have a lots of experience with talking about having kids. But when we get to more episodes about having kids and how that affects the relationship, I won't have much to say. Although I know there are still books I could read and, and people I can talk to. But I'm sure, Jonathan, you'll have a lot to say on, on that front, which you already have today. Yeah, and I, I want to p add one more thing. I don't know if I said this in a previous podcast, but I said if you really want to know what marriage is all about, spend some time in divorce court because you really learn what marriage is all about. I think every couple, it should be mandatory they spend a week taking care of a baby before they have a child like that, like they're they're given a baby and they don't nothing other than they've given some diapers and some formula. And then you just have to take care of it. I'll say this like for a week. Well, I mean, I mean, or two weeks. I don't know like, what that would actually do. I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> oh, well, it prepares you like to be a bit prepared to take care of a Yeah, uh, I guess a toddler yeah. to take care of these things before you have to learn on the job. Like do a little bit of training ahead of time. <laughs> I almost want to do it as our on the job training. Yeah, how all my friends have done it and how my extended family has done it and my ancestors have done it. Just get thrown into it. And in a week it's like boom. You're you're already you're in it like a week of your actual children. I'm proposing this, by the way, they do stupid <laughs> little things in, in home ec, or at least when there used to be home economics, where you had to take care of an egg for an entire week and see how long you can keep it without it cracking. Oh man, that <laughs> that's supposed that to illustrate hard. It, it's incredibly hard. So it's things like that, but that's not even close to the representation. Anyway, I think we kind of explored this. And I mean, I know there's more we can go down this rabbit hole, if you will. I feel like we covered 
the, yeah, we the, covered the some main ground nuances. Here. Is, yeah. Yeah. Anyone have questions out there? Anyone want to write in? Relationships are underrated at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you and talk about... Honestly, what I'd like to do, Jonathan, is get to the point, and I do this in my other podcast called How to Talk to Girls, the dating advice podcast for men, is get to a point where there's a bunch of questions that come in and we talk about them and we try to answer them at the end of the podcast. So that's that's what I'd like to get to. Or maybe there's a question that sparks a really great idea for us to have an episode. So email us, relationships are underrated at gmail.com. Yeah, and I'll reach out to my audience as well at the What Would Love Do podcast. I'll, I'll make sure to bring that up to get us going because we're both in the realm of helping people in the dating realm. And I love that we're doing something in the couples realm. Because that's what it's all about. You know, the dating process is to be coupled at some point. So uh, I'm glad we're there. We're covering all our bases. And we have a lot to share, right? I've been in a lot of relationships. You've been married. You have kids. We read about this stuff. We talk about this all day. It is something that we just have a big passion in. Yeah. And if you are passionate... By the way, when I heard you say you have a lot of relationships, it's funny how I reacted to that. Well, it's interesting. (laughs) We've talked about this. I've had like five or six, and your average person... I don't think that's a lot, but maybe it is. I'll be clear again. Five or six, minimum a year. Yeah. I'm not trying to show off here. I don't think it's cool that I've been in a lot. I just that's just (laughs) That's just the facts that I have been in a lot. I don't know... Honestly, in my circle of people who I've ever talked to or met, I have no awareness of anyone who has had more relationships than I have with that timeline. You know, of course, we've all been in little flings or three month things or two month things, but I mean, like yeah. over a year. So, are you a ser- you're a serial? You were a serial monogamous. I, I guess I don't know. until if you want, if you want to put actually- that label on it. I mean. Yeah. Well, I, you, I did a lot of dating in were, between. You were. You, well, hear me out. Until I actually see that ring on the finger <laughs> and I say the words to you both, uh, say I do. <laughs> then who knows? Uh, you never know. All right. This uh, has been a great episode. If you liked yeah. it, we'd love to see a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We would like to read your reviews. Give it to us. <laughs> and right. you don't have to worry about itunes no, i'm just kidding <laughs> apple podcasts there you go thank you so much this is trip signing off and this is jonathan signing off wishing you a super duper wonderful fantastic day